This is New England Public Radio's Jazz Beat. I'm Tom Reaney with a podcast edition of my jazz blog, which you can find at nepr.net. Today's Jazz Beat podcast focuses on Houston Person, the veteran tenor saxophonist who plays the Retro Fair in Northampton on Saturday, September 10th. In the 1970 documentary, Chicago Blues, Muddy Waters names a few of the essentials that make for deep blues singing, and he concludes, you gotta go to church. As a saxophonist, Houston Person's a player who goes to church every time he picks up the horn, and the style of jazz he embodies makes him something of an endangered species today. That's not to say there aren't other soulful tenor players on the scene, but Persons among the last who adds just the right touch of the black vernacular to ballads, bebop, and blues. And he's among the few jazzmen who plays R&B and pop tunes with the same inventiveness and conviction that he brings to the great jazz standards. recent conversation, Houston said that his open-mindedness to a wide range of material was fostered in his South Carolina youth, where he heard music with no barriers, no obstacles. I liked everything. His mother was a school teacher who played piano, and his parents required him to listen to the Metropolitan Opera radio broadcasts every Saturday afternoon. Of the Met's legendary radio host, he said, I knew Milton Cross's distinctive voice better than anyone's. As far as his own repertoire is concerned, Houston says, I like to introduce people to something new when I play. There are a lot of songs that haven't been treaded on yet, and he insists they all have something to say. He says my funny Valentine is one of the few standards he had to spend a little extra time with to appreciate, but it was a frequent request of fans in Hartford, and he was committed to playing it with conviction. He says, once I went back and really listened to the lyric, I got it. As strategies for building new audiences for jazz are continually sought, I'd say Persons already got the solution. I care about the audience and try to give them something they'll like and understand, he says. I'm working for the audience. If you've seen Houston before, you know he's no Johnny-come-lately to this user-friendly approach. Dan Morgenstern picked up on it 49 years ago when he wrote, Houston Person does little things with each tune that reveal thought and planning, but the routines are fitting, not cute, and he is just as honest in his playing, which is free from phony effects and is never meretricious. 
Ironically, there's been a glaring paucity of critical acclaim for Houston Person in the jazz press. No one knocks him, but very few write about him either. It would seem that the tried and true doesn't inspire jazz reporters, and that's had an impact not only on Houston's potential audience, but on how jazz is defined overall. Swing and soul hasn't the same intellectual zing as the avant-garde, but jazz could use more of the down-home elegance that Houston purveys. When I saw him in Northampton last spring, the room buzzed with folks saying, wow, I always took this guy for granted. Houston himself is patient. At 82, he says, you get it sooner or later. Houston Person was born in Florence, South Carolina on November 10, 1934, and he attended South Carolina State College before enlisting in the Air Force. While stationed in Germany in the mid-50s, he often sat in with the 7th Army Jazz Band, an outfit that included Cedar Walton, Leo Wright, Don Ellis, and Eddie Harris. Following his discharge, he enrolled at the Hart Conservatory of Music at the University of Hartford and remained in the area for several years after his graduation. During this time, he often played at the Sundown Club in Hartford and backed the singers Arthur Prysock and Little Jimmy Scott. He also made regular Sunday night sessions at the Famous Door and Jinxies in Springfield. Though it was over 50 years ago, Houston says he's still got a weak spot for the Connecticut River Valley. He says that besides the service, it was the first time I was away from home, and people took care of me. He played New Haven, too. In John Chilton's biography of Coleman Hawkins, Song of the Hawk, he refers to an engagement that Hawk played in New Haven in 1962. The tenor saxophone patriarch began his opening set annoyed over being introduced as a classy old man, and he hadn't taken kindly to a reporter's questions about his work in the 1920s. But as Chilton reports, by the second set, Hawkins had mellowed and invited the local tenor player Houston Person up to play duets. Hours later, as the waiters were turning the lights out, Hawkins was still on stage with Person and organist Ray Jackson. Houston spent three years working with organist Johnny Hammond Smith's combo in the mid-60s, and he made his debut as a leader for Prestige in 1966. He first worked with Etta Jones and Hammond's group, and they went on to tour together for 35 years. Houston also worked as Etta's manager and producer, and many assumed the two were a married couple. But as with Billie Holiday and Lester Young, the romance was strictly musical. Did I remember to tell you I adore you? Just how mad about you I have grown I was in your arms And that was all I knew We were alone, we two What did I say to you? Did I 
Clifton's maintained a prolific recording output over the course of his career, covering the bases from soul jazz and funk, gospel and disco, classic blues and organ grooves, to intimate duo sessions with Ron Carter and Bill Sharlap. Of his dialogues with Carter, he told Stanley Crouch, We both have a feeling for the blues and for all the good things that created the music we play. Music comes from a feeling about life, and Ron and I share a great respect for all of the black music of quality, from the church to the tavern to the dance floor. Ron Carter calls him the last link in the tender tradition that includes persons' major influences, Illinois Jaquette and Gene Ammons. Bob Porter, who's produced some of Houston's recordings, says he's one of a dying breed, a jazz musician who makes his living playing nightclubs. No teaching gigs, no grants, no fellowships, no benefits, no perks. Houston's managed to do it all while playing on his own terms, and happily, they're the same that a devoted following has found agreeable for over 50 years. What's not to like? He sticks to the basics, but to be sure, they're of the essential kind. An approach to melody that keeps the tune in the foreground and to rhythm that keeps the beat prominent and danceable. What Gary Giddens said of Count Basie applies to Houston, too. He knows that once he's got your foot, it's only a matter of time before he's got your heart. When I asked Houston if anyone else was still taking care of business in his soulful manner, he named Jimmy Heath and Benny Golson. When I pointed out that they're both older than him, he mentioned Harry Allen, Ricky Woodard, Grant Stewart, and Ken Peplowski as younger keepers of the flame. Then he was quick to add, everyone tells me I'm the last, but I'm not convinced. I think somebody, maybe, will come along. But all this talk scares me, and I think, gee, what if I go down? But music will keep going, that's for sure. When I insist, however, that it won't be quite the same without him, he relents and says, okay, I'll take that. additional blogs that I've written on Houston Person, as well as concert footage, visit the jazz blog at nepr.net. Thanks to Katie Wright for production assistance. For Jazz Beat, I'm Tom Reaney.